church tonight? Will you give that battle to the Lord tonight? Man, tonight, church, you've come, you're singing, you're worshiping, and you say, Lord, I need that victory. I want to see that victory. I need that victory. And you're singing it from the depth of your very soul. So as we sing that tonight, Lord, we say, we profess, Lord, that you are the one true God, Lord, that can give us that victory that we need, Lord, that breakthrough that we need, Jesus. Come on, we sing it. Because you are here. Moving in our midst, I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're moving in.
together say even when i don't see it you work even when i don't feel it you work it you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it come on even when i don't feel it you work it you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop come on lift it up
Father, you're so good. And Lord, we call you way maker, miracle worker, light in the darkness. That is who you are. We give you thanks, Heavenly Father, that that is who you are, Lord. We profess that, Lord, and we claim that here tonight, Lord. For those of us, Lord, that sometimes lose sight of that, Lord, we say, Lord, that is who you are. Make a way, Lord, where there seems to be absolutely no other way, Lord. But we come to you, Lord. Lord, that is who you are, Lord. The one we run to in our times of trouble. Lord, we come tonight, Lord, some with heaviness in our hearts, Lord, some with joy and gladness. And, but we're all filled with gratitude, Lord, for who you are. You're the way maker. You're the miracle worker. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that we, we can declare that, Jesus, and come into this place, Lord, to seek more and more of you, Lord. Fill our hearts, Lord, with more and more of that gratitude, Lord. As David said, Lord, that you would restore the joy, Lord, of my salvation. Thank you, Jesus. We breathe in your grace, Lord. As we sing out tonight your praise, Lord. We sing out the praises, Lord, of your name. And give you the honor, Lord. Say that you are the miracle worker, Lord. The way maker. The way maker, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you make a way where there seems to be no other way, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time of worship, Lord, and this time together with you, Lord, with our brothers and my sisters, Lord, and this beautiful choir that I call New Beginnings Church. Thank you, church. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Give him glory tonight, church. What an amazing time with him tonight. Amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, church, as we celebrate the goodness of God, we will continue to celebrate together as we greet one another in his name. Amen. Good evening, my family. Hey, church, you know what's awesome about tonight is, and we have such a captive audience, we have cars lined up around our building, and I'm sure they've felt the presence of the Lord, right? Amen. And I don't know if anybody waited hours for some of that stuff, but uh, I hope that they've felt the presence of the Lord because, man, I'm telling you, it was good. What a wonderful time of worship. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Michael Romero, 
And I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And uh, I want to welcome you into his house tonight. And this house, New Beginnings Church, amen, the presence of the Lord is here. And it is alive and well. And we want to welcome those watching from home. Welcome, welcome, welcome to you as well. If you're watching from afar on our live stream, we welcome you as well. Welcome into the house. We hope that you can feel what we feel, but we want you to be in here too because wow, wow, wow is all I have to say. Hey, church, right before I turn the pulpit over to Pastor Richard, there are a couple things that I want to catch you guys up on that are going on that are a couple time-sensitive things and some things you just want to save the dates for. Uh, one thing that's going on is this uh, Friday, two days from today, all right? God's Warehouse, please don't forget that God's Warehouse is having their benefit concert here at New Beginnings. And so if you can make it to that concert, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to support you continue to support the hard work of God's Warehouse and the work that they're doing on the front lines of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and beyond. They're literally and beyond. And they're transforming those lives that are hopefully they... What we're doing is discipling people at God's warehouse so they can then from there spread the gospel of Christ. Amen. And so we're transformed. We're they're just doing our part to transform those lives. And uh, hopefully, like I said, uh, we're spreading the gospel. And so it begins at 6 p.m. We appreciate it. Uh, we, if uh, Pastor Chuck, I know you're right in front of me, so I'm going to ask you. I don't know if you're in need of any more volunteers. Oh, it's okay. So if we need volunteers, if you can volunteer, if you can be here, I believe setup begins at 4 o'clock. So if you can help us set up or, or you just talk to Pastor Chuck. Uh, if you don't know who Pastor Chuck is, you'll meet him here in a second, I'm sure. Uh, Pastor Chuck uh, is sitting right in front of me, and you can talk to him out front uh, right after service. Also, church, uh, Friday at, the, at 12 p.m. this Friday, two days from today, is our uh, monthly food distribution. And this is that big food, food distribution that we have. It's not the weekly one that we have. Uh, it's the big one where we, the big semi comes in and they drop about 15,000 pounds worth of food. And so if you can come in uh, and, and, and volunteer, we would really, really appreciate it. Even if you have like 20 minutes of your time, 20 minutes, man, we can, we, we can put you to work for 20 minutes. I can promise you that. We'll put you to work in 20 minutes. There's, there's nothing like a, like, like a church that needs help all the time. But if you have some time, and if they, or if you have that need, the distribution does begin at 12 o'clock. And at 10 o'clock, if you can volunteer between 10 and 12, that would be awesome if you can come help us set up. Even if it's after 12 and you can help volunteer, that's cool. We always need help directing traffic because it's going to get a little crazy with what's going on across the street with the new restaurant that just opened and along with the food distribution. And we can always use help there. Amen? So church, um, with that, uh, one, one other thing, uh, youth camp, uh, a couple of deadlines that we want to talk about. Youth camp is the 21st of May is, the, the, is going to be the hard deadline for the camp dues to be paid up. Uh, our, our host facility down in, in Alto, New Mexico, Barridoso, New Mexico, uh, they need a hard count of how many people we're going to have seven days in advance so they can prepare for groceries and whatnot. Uh, for the amount of people that we're going to take. So if we don't have your child completely covered, um, at, or at least just communicate to us what's going on, if, if you need a little extra time or whatever the case may be, just let us know if they, you still plan on sending your child. That's the most important piece. I need to know, do you plan on sending the child, your student? Okay, because 
uh, we have to give our campground the hard number, the, the hard deadline number uh, by the 22nd. If I don't hear back from anything, anything by the 22nd, uh, refunds are going to be automatically given. Okay, and registrations will unfortunately just be canceled because we have to have to give that hard hard number to our host facility down in Redoso, New Mexico. So I'd appreciate that. Um, I did send out an email, but uh, we would we would hope to communicate that as is in many ways that we can. We like to communicate that, uh, and so many other things happening. Church, kind of like the, the men's breakfast, May the twelfth. It's going to be this May the twelfth. This men's breakfast, seven a.m. Uh, and there's so many other things that. Always keep up to date to what's going on with New Beginnings Church and how do we do that. Uh, I know we say it all the time, but I want you to remember all the time, NBCABQ, the app, on your Google Play Store or the App Store. Always download that. Behind me, you'll have that, um, that QR code. Connect with us. Um, if, if you're here for the first time, do we have any first-time visitors here tonight? Any first-time visitors? I would love. Amen. First-time visitors. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Any first-time visitors? Praise the Lord. Amen. Welcome in, my brother. Welcome in. Welcome in to the first-time visitors. If you have the opportunity to do that, first-time visitors, there's a QR code right behind me. If you can scan that, we would love to connect with you um, and just tell you hi and, and welcome you. And actually, at the end of this month, uh, that on the 28th, there's, there's a gathering right across the hall that called Meet the Pastors, where you can actually come and meet uh, Pastor Richard, myself, uh, Pastor Cindy, our youth director and our children's director, Jessica Ramirez, to where you can just get to know us a little bit better. But we want to reach out to our visitors. And even if you're not here for the first time and you've never been to that and you want to get to know us a little bit better, we want to invite you to that. But church, that's a great way to connect with us, that QR code that's behind me. And so you can prayer request. You can submit your prayer request there. Just get a hold of us there. You can uh, register for different events, any and all different events. You can volunteer through that QR code. You can just connect with us in any way, shape, or form, even just asking any random question to our front office um, within reason. No? Okay. <laughs> uh, communicate to our front office with that QR code. I would really, really appreciate that, okay? And ch- so church, and always uh, never miss the opportunity to, to remind you the importance of the mandate of our giving and always to say thank you so much for your faithfulness in that, because without that, we couldn't as Brother David always says, keep the lights on not only in here in the house, but also keep the light of Jesus out there, right? It's not just about literally flipping out, the, but the light of Jesus out in the world, which is what you and I do best. It's what he has called us to do, and we say thank you so much for that. And the ways to give digitally are right behind me, safe and easy and secure. It takes just a minute or two to set up. And if you haven't done so yet, there's also giving boxes at each doorway here in the sanctuary. Again, if you haven't done that, you can have the opportunity to do that after service. And if you need help with that, there's always our help center. Thank you so much, church. With that, I leave the pulpit to our senior pastor. Please welcome Pastor Richard Masper. Raising us, amen? At this time, young people, the youth have a class they go to. They worship with us in here, and then they go to a class. How many of you know our young people face some different challenges than us? They face some of the same things we face, and then they face some intense things that we don't even understand. And that's why we have a class where 
they're able to break off into small groups and talk about the challenges that they faced and how they could overcome and how they could have victory. Amen? Guys, I've been doing this series that we're calling um, When We Really Need, What We Really Need. And I want to talk about friendships today. I want to talk about friendships. And I don't know if any of you remember there was a TV show way back in the day called Cheers. And in that show, Cheers, I used to really love the theme song because it said, making your way in the world today, taking everything you've got, taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights and the check is in the mail and your little angels hung the cat by its tail (laughs) and your third fiancé didn't show. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Bom, bom, bom. And there's always glad you came. You want to be where you can see. All your troubles are the same. You want to be where everyone knows your name. At New Beginnings Church. At New Beginnings Church, baby. But isn't that the truth? That's why some people gravitate to a bar or they gravitate to bowling teams or they gravitate to different clubs because people want to go where people know them and they know that they can relate. And that's what I love about New Beginnings Church is that we're trying to learn how to live without a fake mask on. Because a lot of people wear masks. Haven't you ever seen people at masks? And I'm not talking the COVID mask. I'm talking about masks that they're walking around. Oh, how are you? How are you? Oh, hello. Hello. And they're, what's up? What's up? And inside, they're bleeding. They're falling apart. And you go, how you doing? I'm blessed by the best. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm praise the Lord. Everything's good. And they're lying. They're hurting. They're broken. That doesn't mean they have to go around. But you know what? Where you could come up to somebody and go, man, I'm hurting. You know what? Pray for me. I'm overwhelmed right now. Pray for me. You know what, man? We don't know what we're going to do because the lights are off and the check's in the mail. We don't know what we're going to do because people that we love have been dying. We don't know what we're going to do because you know what? They're laying people off at work. And, and, and you're able to come to a place called New Beginnings where people are genuine and people are real and people love you and people pray for you and people embrace you and people don't judge you. And the ones that judge you, it's because they're new here. They haven't learned about us. No, let's be real. We don't judge people here. One time this guy said, Hey, I don't know if I'll fit in, man. I'm, I, I got tattoos every place. I go, if you don't have tattoos, then you don't fit in. <laughs> That's why I have that just that one little dot, one dot. I wanted to make sure I was covered, okay? Period, period. That's it. That's the only tattoo I got right there. But hear me. We want to have friends. Because we all need friendship. We all need friends. And there's four distinct characteristics of friendships. And in this passage, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to look at 1 Samuel. It's in the Old Testament. 
and it's 1 Samuel chapter 20. And in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 1 through 42, the entire chapter, it talks about David, King David. He's not king yet. And it talks about Jonathan, the son of Solomon, who's supposed to be next in line to the king, to the throne, yet the prophet had anointed David. And we've got to understand that we see this bond between them, a friendship that had developed. And all of a sudden, these friendship, this friendship is put to the test. And you see that man, David and Jonathan, and Jonathan and David both passed the test. They were real. They loved on each other. They protected each other. They took care of each other. And the first thing that you see about their friendship is that friends are available. You know, sometimes we're busy. Everyone's busy. But I'm telling you, when you really are down and out and you need somebody, you know who you could call because you know that person will do whatever they can to be there for you. And you know those people, and it's not AAA either. But are you with me, though? Like, dude, you're not going to believe it, man. I ran out of gas. And they're like, no way. You're not going to believe it. I got arrested, man. You got to come and get me out of jail. And they're going to be there. My mother's dying in the hospital. They're going to be there. My husband just walked out of me. They're going to be there. My son and daughter, they're out there gangbanging. They're going to be there. And you're going to call on them, and you're going to be there. So friends are available. Look, in 1 Samuel chapter 20, I'm not going to read the, all the verses because there's a whole bunch tonight. But look, start at verse 1, and it says, David fled from Naoth to Ramah, and found Jonathan. And he says to Jonathan, what have I done? Why is, what's my crime? How have I offended your father that he is so determined to kill me? Jonathan's like, dude, calm down, man. My dad doesn't want to kill you. He's chill out. And he goes, no, 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 your father is really mad. He wants to kill me. So he tells Jonathan, look, jump down to verse 3. So David took an oath before Jonathan. He said, your father knows perfectly well about our friendship. And he has said to himself, I won't tell Jonathan what I want. Who should I hurt? Why I should hurt him? So he's saying, David's going, Jonathan, you don't understand your old man really knows that you and I are tight, man, that we got each other's back. He knows the bond between us. He knows we are brothers for life. He knows that we're there for each other. He knows that we're caring for each other. He knows that we're watching out for each other. He knows that we believe in each other. He knows we'll protect each other. And because of that, he doesn't want to tell you everything. He doesn't want to open up. Your dad doesn't want to tell me everything because you know what? When you have a true friend that's available and you have a friend that's got your back, they watch out for you. They pray for you. They encourage you. They come up and they cover you and they go, hey, man, look, I'm not spreading gossip. I'm not spreading cheese, man. I'm not being a mitotero. I'm not being a busybody. But I'm telling you, there's some people plotting against you. There's people that want to hurt you. There's some people that want to, they want you to fail. They want you to go down. 
Man, it's a drag when people don't support you just because you're doing good. Haven't you met people like that? They go, how you doing? And you go, man, God has been so good, man. You're not gonna believe it, man. Ever since I walked away from the world and I stir in the Lord, man, I got a good job. I ended up getting married. I have a house now. I have a new vehicle. Dude, you're, I'm like tripping. It's, oh, you think you're all bad now, huh? You think you're, oh my gosh. Don't you feel like slapping somebody like that? Of course, in a Christian kind of way, of course. But you do, you feel like going, come on, man, grow up. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Don't be jealous. Instead, you ought to say, praise God, man. Teach me what you're doing so that I can walk in the same steps of faithfulness. Help me. Help me grow. See, friends are available. Friends are there carrying you through. Friends are there praying you through. Friends are there encouraging you through. Jonathan goes, dude, my old man doesn't want to kill you. No, no, your dad wants to kill me. Dude, he's already done some crazy stuff. Your father, the king, King Saul, he doesn't like me, Jonathan. He doesn't like me at all. Matter of fact, he hates me. And he hates me so much, he wants to take me down. And Solomon, I mean, and, and Jonathan is like, don't you get it? My dad doesn't want to hurt you. He really doesn't. And so David tries to explain to him, don't you, don't you really, you don't, you don't see it because he's your dad. Sometimes our friends see things in our parents that we don't. Sometimes they put negative things in our stuff about our parents. Don't let them do that. Don't let them speak ill of your parents. But I'm telling you, sometimes they see something in your parent that maybe your dad's an alcoholic or a drug addict or maybe your mom is strung out on gambling or she's just messing up. And your friends go, man, your mom's messing up. Don't talk about my mom. No, they're not bad-mouthing her. They're just saying... Be careful. They're saying, I'm praying for you. I know it's got to be hard. Your dad's strung out a lot of the time. He works hard during the day, but he comes home and he's abusing you guys and it's messed up. They're not speaking ill. They're, they're there because they love you. They want to help you. Friends are available. Friends carry one another's burden. Friends feel your pain. They do rejoice when you rejoice, but they weep when you weep. They experience that. Real friends need to step up. We need to be real friends. Friends that step up. Friends that make a difference. Friends that are available. And not only are friends available, but friends are dependable. You could depend on them. They're not just there, but you could depend on them. Sometimes someone could be there, but they don't do anything. They're just there to check it out. They're just there to check it out that you're going down. And you're like, wow, man, I thought you were my friend. Yeah, I'm your friend, but oh, man, you're going down. You're all messed up. It's like, wow, what kind of friend is that? No, these friends are dependable. Verse 5 through 23, I'm not going to read all of them, but we're still in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 5 through 23. Verse 5 says, David replied, tomorrow... We're going to celebrate the new moon festival. And I've always eaten with the king on this occasion. So he's telling Jonathan, you know what? Tomorrow's a new moon festival. 
<coughs> and your dad wants me at his house all the time, and I always eat there on that day. But tomorrow, I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. So look, man, instead of going to your house, I'm going to go camp out in the field, and I'm not going to go to your house. And if your dad asks what's going on, just say that I asked for permission to go to my brother's house because he's having an annual sacrifice. That's how you know they're Chicanos. They were having a matanza, okay? No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay. But they were getting a get-together, and they're having a sacrifice, and if he says, fine, that's cool, then I know that your dad's cool with me. But if he gets uptight, man, then I know your dad really wants to hurt me. He wants to mess me up. And you're going to know it, Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is hearing that. Now, think about it. David's telling Jonathan about his dad. And he's saying, your dad wants to kill me, man. He's out to kill me, not just to hurt me. He wants to kill me. That's got to be hard hearing those words about your dad. I don't like people talking about my family. Even if it's true, I don't like them talking about my family. Are, are you with me? Now, I've talked about my family. Like my son told me one time, he goes, Dad, I've done so many stupid things in life. Feel free to use anything you want as an example. So I've shared a lot of stories about my son. And I used to say, oh, my son's an idiot. My son's an idiot. My son's an idiot. One time this lady heard, he was, he was talking to somebody. He goes, yeah, my name's Ricky. And she goes, Ricky, are you Ricky Mansfield? Are you the idiot son of the pastor? <laughs> Poor my son, man, pobrecito. But it's because she had heard that so much. Hear me. Sometimes they're saying things into our life for our good, but we can't hear it. And Jonathan's hearing that his dad wants to kill his best friend, and he's like, no, dude, my dad loves you, man. He loves you, he took you into our house, and he's, you've sat at the table. And he goes, I know I did, but your dad doesn't like me anymore because he's jealous of me because the prophet anointed me to be king, and I'm not even trying to take out your dad. He's been chasing me, and I, if I wanted to, I could have killed him already, but I'm not going to kill my, your, the king because the Bible says you're not to touch God's anointed. Hear me. Don't come against God's anointed. If you have an issue with me, come and talk to me, but don't plot against me. If you have an issue with Pastor Chuck, come and talk about Talk to him, but don't go behind his back. And that goes with any pastor because you are not to mess with God's anointed because if you do something stupid, I'm telling you, you're going to pay for it. You will pay for it. And I'm not threatening you. I'm educating you. So David is saying like, you don't understand. Your dad's out to get me. He wants to hurt me. And so Jonathan says, okay, okay, okay. Look, let's do this. So in verse 10, it says, then David asked, how will I know whether or not your father's angry? So you're going to talk to your dad, and how, how am I going to know the answer? I'm not even going to be there. When he says, why isn't David at the dinner table? I'm going to say, well, he asked permission to go have a sacrifice with his brother and his family, and 
you're supposed to, if your dad gets really mad and heated, then you know he wants to do me in. But if he says, oh, that's good, I hope he has a good time, then I know everything's chill with your dad. So if you jump now over to verse 12, it says right there, I promise by the Lord that the Lord, the God of Israel, that by this time tomorrow of the next day, at the latest, I will talk to my father and let you know at once how he feels about you. So I'm going to talk to my dad, and I'm going to see what happens. If he speaks favorably about you, I'll let you know. So if my dad's chill with you, I'm going to let you know. Verse 13, but if he's angry and wants you killed, may the Lord strike me and even kill me if I don't warn you so you could escape and live. That's dependable, man. That guy's putting his life on the line. That guy is, it's not that he's going against his dad. He's going against, he knows that if he doesn't say something, he's going against God because he knows that the prophet had anointed David and he didn't know when David was to take over, but he knows I need to honor the things of God and you and I need to honor the things of God. And there's an order that God has put in place pastors and evangelists and, and prophets and teachers. It's, it's not we're higher than you. I'm no, I'm no more special than you. God loves you just like he loves me, and he loves you, me, just like he loves you. He loves us the same. He's just given me a different assignment. He's put me as shepherd over this flock. So I'm, I need to give an accountability for this flock. So God's going to say, why did you teach that nonsense? Or I'm glad you spoke up and spoke the truth. And I'm glad you told them how I wanted them to live. And I'm glad you reproved them and you rebuked them and you exhorted them and you built them up and you affirmed them because you were the shepherd of that flock. But that doesn't mean I'm like, oh, bow before me. That, I'm, I'm, that's not who I am, guys. And I think you know that. So it says, I'll talk to my dad, and, and I promise I'll let you know. And verse 13, if he's angry and wants you killed, may the Lord strike me and even kill me if I don't warn you so that you could escape and live. So if you jump down to verse 16, it says, so Jonathan made a solemn pact with David saying, may the Lord destroy all your enemies. You know what, David? I got your back, man. I pray to God that no enemy, no weapon formed against you will prosper. No person's going to come against you. Verse 17, and Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again. So say, David, tell me you got my back too, dude, because I'm sticking my neck out on the line. I'm willing to even wrap my own dad out on you. So you better be a vow of friendship. For Jonathan and David loved, for Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. In other words, they were tight. They were brothers, man. And so verse 20 says, so he says, look, I'm going to go in the field where I usually go practice my archery. And he goes, I'm going to take some arrows. And what I want you to do is hang out by the rocks out there. 
And I'm going to shoot arrows like if I'm shooting at a target near the rocks. And when I shoot, if my dad does not want you around and he wants to kill you, when my servant goes and gets the arrows, I'm going to say, further, go further, further, go further. They're even further. And that means you better run, David. You better get as far away from here as possible. But if my dad is supporting you and my dad wants you in our household and he doesn't want to hurt you, I'm going to say, closer. No, come in, come in, come in all closer. Get, no, get him over here, come here. And that means, David, come back. Because you know what? Everything's cool. So in verse 10 or verse 20, he said, I will come out and shoot three arrows on the side of the stone pile as though I was shooting at a target. And he tells him, I'll either say come closer or go further. That's how you know that Jonathan was dependable, was trustworthy. He had his back. He was going to take care of him. Haven't you ever had that kind of a friend? Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. I really mean this. My closest, closest friend is my wife. She's not just my wife, but she's really my friend. I tell her stuff that I've never told some people. And I've got some close friends, but my wife is my closest friend. She's my confidant. I could tell her stuff and I mean, I mean, one time some lady was hitting on me and I was at an airport and out of town. And, and no, really, I had landed. I landed in the huge city of Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> it's a tiny little city. And I flew into the wrong airport. They told me there, but it, I wasn't supposed to be there. And so when I got there, they said, well, the next plane doesn't fly out for three hours. But then the lady leaned over, and I was slim and trim and handsome and everything. And she goes, you're going to be here three hours. Would you like to go get a drink? And I go, oh, my gosh. Danger, danger, danger. Run the other way. She was a good-looking lady. And I go, oh, I'm sorry, I don't drink. She goes, not even water? I go, yeah, 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 but you know what? I'm, I'm married. I can't, and I took off. And there was a pay phone. This is back in the day when pay phones were paying. And I got on the pay phone, and I called my wife right away, and I go, babe, I'm in Walla Walla, Washington, and uh, they, they told me to fly here, but I was supposed to fly to a different area, and, uh, and some lady just hit on me, and I'm kind of freaking out, and she asked me to go to have a drink with her, and Cindy, I promise you, I'm not going to do that but I'm calling you because I want to make sure I don't do that. So pray for me right now. And she's praying over me. And then I said, now look, I need you to look up the phone number to the Church of God in Walla Walla, Washington. And she looked it up while I was on the phone with her. And then I called the pastor there and he was at the convention I was going to preach at. But his associate was there. And I go, look, man, I'm stranded here for the next three hours. Can you come and hang out with me? And he went and picked me up, and we cruised around town for two and a half hours. And then he took me back, and I got on my plane, and I stayed pure. I stayed virgin. I stayed innocent. I didn't cross a line because the Bible says that there's no temptation so great that can take you down because God always offers us a way of escape. 
So you got to know where the escape route is, guys. That day, my escape route, because I didn't know anyone in town, I called my wife. Now, my wife didn't go, what are you talking about? You know what she said? Oh, my God, Richard, I love you so much. I trust you so much. I can't believe that you're calling and telling me this. If I was there, I'd probably scratch that lady's eyes out. But (laughs) since I'm not there, I'll pray with you, and I'm glad you're a righteous man, and you're not going to do anything stupid. And so we took off cruising. I went to the church. I called her from the church. I introduced her to the pastor I was hanging out with. And she was so grateful for him. But you know what? That night I scored major, major points with my wife. And when I got back from my trip, orale. It's none of your business. Keep your filthy minds clean. But I had a a dependable friend in my wife. She helped me through that because sometimes you could be tempted and you're not even tempted at that moment, but I'll tell you what, it starts playing in your head. Even as an overweight, fat man, I've had women go, oh, how are you? And I'm not talking at the bank either. And I'm like, wow, so you like fat guys, huh? I literally told her that. Oh, so you like fat guys. She goes, I don't know about all fat guys, but I like you. I'm like, you know what? I'm happily married. God bless you. I'm a minister, and God bless you. I'm out of here. And inside, I'm going, orale, I still got it. But stay away from fire, because it'll burn you, man. It'll burn you. Don't be stupid and see how close you could get to the fire. Oh, I got this clothes, but I didn't get burned. No, 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 no. I'm going to be a chicken, and I'm going to run, baby. I'm going to run. I'm going to take, I'm happily married. Oh, brother, like if I was hitting on you, even if you weren't hitting on me, that's the way I received it. I'm out of here. I'd rather be a live chicken than a stupid idiot. (laughs) So friends are available. Friends are dependable, but friends are also vulnerable. Friends put themselves out there, man. Have you ever been friends with somebody? Have you ever had a friend that's real jealous if you have any other friends? They think you could only be their friend. Pastor Richard's my friend. Oh, I am, but I have other friends also. Have, Have you ever met somebody like that? And they're like, Susie is my friend. Susie, you better not talk to anybody else. You're my friend. For goodness sakes, chill out. Tommy's my friend. You better not talk to anybody else, Tommy. You're my friend. Oh, my gosh, man. No, and then if you decide to say, look, dude, I'm your friend. Chill out. Calm down. Hey, I got your back. You got my back. But guess what? They're my friend also. And all of a sudden, you're going to be friends with them. You're putting yourself vulnerable because you might end up losing a friend because of that. You might end up jeopardizing a good friendship. You might be jeopardizing a relationship. You might be jeopardizing a position or a job or something just because you want to be friends with somebody. 
and you're putting yourself vulnerable. It's like weird things can happen. You're like, what's wrong with you? What's, grow up. Grow up. I was talking to a pastor today, and he said, people need to grow up, Brother Richard. And I go, you're right, man. Bunch of little whiny babies. No, really, yeah, that, that minister that I was talking to said, he goes, the problem is they still want to be on a tetera. They want to be on a bottle. They want to, aren't you going to feed me? Yes, I'm going to feed you, but I'm going to teach you how to use a fork and a knife. I'm even going to teach you how to cook. I have a six-year-old granddaughter that already knows how to make eggs. And I told her, look, come in here. I'm going to show you. You've got to be careful. I don't want you to burn yourself with the grease or if we're using butter, but here's how you crack an egg. Here's how you stir it. Here's how you make, if you're going to make scrambled or if we're going to make it over easy. And, and, and I'm teaching her. Because I don't know if anyone else is going to teach her. We need to teach people. But man, if you start teaching people, why didn't you teach me? I want to know how to make an egg too. Oh my gosh. But, but are you with me? You're a bunch of kids. It's like, quit being a little sissy and a crybaby and grow up. Just tell somebody, I'm hurting. I'm falling apart. But I'm going to make it. We're going to get through this. You're going to make it. You're going to get through it. But look, David and Jonathan are making this promise. So David goes out to the field, and that day, David's out in the field for three days. Jonathan's back at the house, and in verse 25, it says, he sat at his usual place against the wall with Jonathan sitting opposite him. So Solomon's sitting against the wall, and Jonathan's sitting in front of him with Abner beside him, but David's place is empty. Because David is saying, let's find out if your old man gets real ticked off because I'm not there. I'm supposed to be there, but I'm, 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 I'm not going to go. I want to see if he's really mad. So the first day, Solomon didn't think anything about it. But the next day, he says to Jonathan in verse 27, hey, why hasn't the son of Jesse been here for the meal either yesterday or today. Not even calling him by name. Why isn't the son of Jesse here? Or is that no good for nothing? So Jonathan says, oh, David earnestly asked if he could go to Bethlehem because they're having a family sacrifice and his brother really demanded that he be there. And verse 30 says, Solomon boiled with rage. He's boiling, and he's boiling in rage at his son, at Jonathan. And this is what he says to his son, you stupid son of a whore. Oh, my gosh. Wow, tell me how you really feel about me, Dad. Tell me how you really feel about my mom. Can you imagine You stupid son of a whore, he swore at him. That's verse 30. It's in the Bible. Calm down. Some of you guys are going, I can't believe pastor is saying that at the pulpit. I'm reading the Bible. 
Do you think I don't know that you want him to be king in your place? Are you that stupid, son? You want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother. Oh, you just called my mother a whore, but now you're saying I'm going to shame her? Wow. That's messed up, Dad. So he says to his father, Dad, why do you want to put him to death anyway? The dad got so mad. And Jonathan says, what has he done? The father got so mad, he got a spear and he threw it at his own son. Good thing Jonathan moved out of the way. He wanted to kill his son. Man, Jonathan had made himself vulnerable. To be a friend, you make yourself vulnerable sometimes. Not every single person likes every single person on earth. So some people go, you know Pastor Richard Mansfield? Wow, dude, you're so fortunate. You are blessed. And other people, you know Pastor Richard? Sheesh, that guy makes me sick. I can't believe you even admit you like him because you like him, now I don't like him. Are, Are you with me? And I don't like you. I mean, there's people that are like that about anybody. Are you with me? Like, you like Trump? Oh, my gosh. Kind of an idiot, are you? You voted for Trump. You like Biden? Oh, my gosh. What kind of idiot are you? You voted for Biden. You see what I'm saying? And then you'll lose friends over it. Just because you're behind somebody. You cheer for somebody. You want somebody to win. Look, I, I like, I don't even watch football hardly, ever. And I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, but I'm not like hardcore. Yeah. Now, there's times that I've said, and I've, I've said something bad about my Cowboys. And there's people that come up to me, wow, what's wrong with you, Pastor? Are you a traitor? You badmouth the Cowboy? I didn't badmouth them. I just told the facts. They haven't been playing very good lately. We haven't won a Super Bowl in 25, 30 years. It's been a long time. But I still love the Cowboys. I cheer for the Cowboys. But some people are like, oh, my gosh, I'm Cowboy, Cowboy. They got tattoo, 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 tattoo. No, they really do. One time this guy, literally, he had a tattoo here and a tattoo here, tattoo here, tattoo here. Then when he went like that, it said, Poodles Cowboys. Okay, and, and so you know what I asked him? <laughs> I go, so what team do you cheer for? <laughs> Dude, it was all bummed out. Oh, come on, I say, what do you think? I say, puro cowboy, puro cowboy. I'm like, oh, calm down, I'm teasing you. I could tell. But some people, by saying you cheer, you got a tattooed, They'll start mocking you and hurling stuff at you. Dude, it's crazy. My son-in-law lives in El Paso. And they didn't have, he cheers for the Broncos. And they don't show Bronco games in El Paso because El Paso's hardcore cowboy. So they went to Buffalo Wild Wings to go watch the game. And he's all decked out in, Broncos. He had a Bronco hat, a jersey, and 
I mean, he's all broncoed up. And he's all there cheering, and his, his son, which is my oldest grandson, he's all cowboyed out, okay? He's a cowboy fan. He's a very intelligent young man. <laughs> calm down, calm down. But the Bible does say the wise men follow the star. Okay, but now my son-in-law went there, and my daughter goes, are you sure you should go like that here? This is hardcore Dallas country. But babe, I'm just going to watch a game. And he went and he had the time of his life and the people there didn't dog him. They, 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 they made fun of each other, but it wasn't like, let's fight, make fun. But he knew by doing that, he was putting himself and he was being vulnerable. See, when you're gonna be a friend to someone, you're gonna be vulnerable. You're willing to put yourself out there to be able to do what's right. And the last thing I want to say is friends are responsible. David and Jonathan were responsible to each other. In first, we're still in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 35 through 42. It says that the next morning, Jonathan went out there. Now he knows. My dad hates David. He hates him so much, he wanted to kill me last night because we're buddies. He hates him. So he goes out there the next day, and he's got his bow and arrow, and he's got one of his servants with him, and he goes, go ahead and take off running now because you know what? By the time you get there, the arrows will already be there. And he shoots an arrow way over the rocks. And he goes, further, go further, go, go, keep going, 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 telling David, the clue is leave. My dad wants to kill you. And when the boy almost reached the arrows, David kept saying, hurry, hurry, don't wait. Go, 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 go. You know what? He was responsible. So in friendships... If you would, you're going to have the ABC level of friendship. A is acquaintance, just people that you meet. You know, but you don't, like, know them. You don't hang out, but you know them. You know know them. Yeah, of course I know them. Yeah, I don't, like, know them, but I know them. And then you have that brotherly friendship. The B is brotherly. Where, you know what, we're brothers in Christ. We're, 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 that's my sister. That's my brother. We, we know each other in the Lord. We're not mega, mega tight, but we're tighter than just acquaintances. And then there's those, the C is close. They're closer than a brother. You know them, they know you, and you're willing to fight for them, and they're willing to fight for you. You're willing to take a bullet for them, and you're, using, you're willing to use a bullet for them. You're willing to shield them and protect them. So if you're really going to have close relationships in your life and you really want to develop them, there's eight things I want to say real quick, like how to do that. First one is be real. Be genuine. Quit being a fake. Be who you are. Don't be ashamed of who you are. If you've got a lot of money, you don't have to flaunt it. So you're rich. You've got a lot of money. If you don't have any money, you don't have to be ashamed because you're poor. Hey, you're poor. That's who you are. Just be who you are. Just enjoy who you are. Be realistic. 
Don't expect something that isn't even real. Be realistic in a relationship. Some people want stuff that isn't even real. I can be your friend, I can help you, but I can't, I can't carry you on everything. And be affirming. Affirming is when you encourage them and you speak life into them and you build them up and you speak hopeful things. Hey, man, you're an awesome person, you're smart. Man, you're doing awesome, you're doing great. I don't know, look, Pastor Chuck and Brother Tomas, for my personal life, are two of the most affirming cheerleaders I have in my life. Every morning, I'm serious. I pull up to the office, and if Tomas is out here and he sees me, first thing he does, he swings the doors open, and when I get out of my car, he's there, Pastor! And then he runs over to see how he can help me. And I'm like, I love that guy, man. I like love that guy. Even when he's all messed up, I love him. And Pastor Chuck, a week doesn't go by that he doesn't call me at, for sure once, but probably about three times a week. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? Just checking in, Pastor. I'm still alive. I want to make sure you're still alive. I'm, and he just speaks life, life, life. Life, and then he says, okay, let's pray, and he prays over me, and he just prays over me. And he goes, hey, pastor, I got some ribs for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, I cook some of the best ribs, and he's my rib connection. What a there. <laughs> See, we're, we're, we're hooked by the rib, man. <laughs> be available for people. Sometimes you can't, but you know what? When you can, be there for them. Pray with them, encourage them. Go through life with them. And be balanced. You, you, got a, you got a family, make sure you spend time with your family too. I used to be so out of balance that I'd be bring people to my house all the time. And finally, my wife said, babe, what kind of ministry do you have anyway? And the Lord said, Richard, did I tell you to house that guy? I'm like, no. Well, then why do you bring him to your house and put your family in danger? You don't even know anything about that dude. And he's there pulling a knife on you? And your wife and kids are locked up in the room because your wife's scared to death? What's wrong with you? And I'm going, I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't know. I'm just so dumb. He goes, yes, you are dumb. Start being balanced. I want you to help people, but use wisdom. Protect your family. And keep growing. We gotta be growing and growing and growing and growing. I learn every day. Every day I learn. I'm still learning. I'm still, I haven't arrived. I haven't like, orale, I know everything there is. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody does. And be grateful. Learn to be grateful. Haven't you ever helped somebody and they don't even say thank you? A simple thank you. Even if they don't say thank you, how about just thanks? How about just T-Y? <laughs> or just a T, thanks. But if they just put a Y, I don't know how to take that U, huh? U what? <laughs> and if you really want to be friends with people, be a friend with God. Be a friend with God. We used to do this song that says, who am I that you are thinking of me? I used to love that song. 
Have you ever thought of that? That God, the creator of the universe, is in heaven thinking of you, of me. It's like, who am I that you are thinking of me, that you love me when I call? Man, oh my goodness gracious, God, thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for caring so much. Thank you for being there so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So look, first and foremost, if you're not a friend with God, I know I ask this all the time, but I just want to make sure nobody goes to hell. Because if you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to the gates of heaven. And if you say no to Jesus, you say, I'd rather go to hell. No, thank you. I'm going to hell. No, thank you. But that's really what we're saying. Yeah, but my life's all messed up. Well, come all messed up. He'll clean it up. So is there anyone here tonight that has never prayed to receive Jesus and you want to? Raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. I want to do that. I want to pray with you. Anyone? Yeah? All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Anyone else? Man, how exciting. That's exciting, sis. Exciting. Because I know, man, when, I don't know about you, when, I'll never forget when I, I, I did that the first time and I, he said, would you stand up? And I stood up and I felt like everyone was staring at me. And you know what? Nobody was staring. You know what they were doing? They were cheering for me. And I was like, wow, why are they cheering? Because they literally got to see me being born again. So if you raised your hand, would you stand so we could pray with you? You're praying the greatest prayer of your life. So those of you that are praying that, church, would all of you pray with them? Just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. From this day forward, I want to live for you. Be my Savior and be my Lord. Give me your strength so I can have victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, this is Pastor Chris. Chris, come over here. He's got a Bible and stuff. The two of you come over with Pastor Chris real quick. We want to give you some material. We want to give you some material. We're celebrating with you, man. We are celebrating what God is doing. Sister, I am like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Praise the Lord. God bless you. My brother, if you want to come up too. But amen. Amen. What a joy, brother. What a tremendous joy. Look, he's got a Bible and some stuff. Go on with him, and he's got some material for you, okay? Now, look, some of us, some of us need to be a friend to somebody. Some of you have friendships that, for some reason, deteriorated. It's time to reconnect them and reconcile. Some of you don't even have a friend. And you need to start trusting people. But would you stand with us? And if you want prayer, I want to ask you to come up and pray. And ask God to really give you victory. But to give you a friend and either show you someone you need to befriend or someone that you're going to ask and say, would you be my friend? So as we sing this song, celebrate his goodness. Celebrate his mercy. Celebrate his love. And keep making your way up. Keep making your way up. We want to pray with you and celebrate.
the friendship of the Lord. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. Never stop. Come on, bring it in. Come on. God that we're calling on. We're calling on the God that is going to make the difference, that has the ability to make the difference. So God, in the name of Jesus, whether they're watching online or here in this sanctuary, God, I pray that we allow you to heal our hearts, that we can start trusting people again, to have a friendship and a relationship with, and that we could be true friends with as you have been with us. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Celebrate it. Sing it out. Oh, sing it out. Sing it out.